Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, 2021 NCAA champion in the 200 fly, we are sitting down with Indiana's Brendan Burns. Brendan, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, Coleman? Excited to chat a little bit today. Uh, first off, just the NCAA season is getting started. Fall always seems like an exciting time of the year for me. Um, how is the start of the season going for you in Bloomington so far? It's been good. Um, after a really good summer of work and just putting a lot of on-course work, it's going to be back focusing on on the college season. We have a great um, schedule ahead of us, really challenging. Um, but we're taking it in stride. Last year, we had a really good year after a kind of disappointing COVID year. So we're just looking to build off that momentum. Yeah. Uh, what is what is the beginning of the season look like in terms of what you guys are doing in the pool and what group you're specifically training with on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, we have a five-week kind of build-up conditioning period um, where we don't really have any specific groups going on just yet. After this, we're in week four right now. So after next week, we'll kind of break off into our um, many practice groups that we have. Um, but it's been good so far. We really do everything together as a team, like pretty much every practice, every um, weight session. And then kind of the, the highlight of conditioning is our Saturdays where we do an hour long circuit before a two hour long um, long course rainbow practice where we kind of build up all the colors that we do, white, pink, red blue and purple. Um, so it's really tough. It's really challenging, but it's definitely kind of a, um, team building activity as well. So it's good. Yeah. That sounds intense. Uh, has there been a set that stood out to you of those rainbow sets? I mean, like, or, or what does one just typically look like? Are you doing fifties, hundreds, four hundreds? Yeah. So like we'll start off usually the, the white is the warm up part, same with the pink a little bit. And then we usually get into, the red, which is kind of our, our like the bulk of the practice, usually around 2000 meters. Um, where last week, I think we did, um, I forget the exact numbers, but it was, it was about two grand. We did some two hundreds, red one fifties and hundreds. And it was, it was challenging. It was really tough, but it's, it's really great having just kind of this all in team mentality where like, if we're going through something really hard together, but like, that's kind of going to make us better in the end. And just, just <laughs> our coach Corey Chitwood talks about like suffering together, which is like a little, a little dramatic, but like it definitely makes sense kind of in this college context where like we are going to have these really hard moments together, but then on the other end, at the end of the season, we're going to have those really high, awesome moments at the end of um, conferences and nationals and things like that. Sure. I, I, <laughs> I feel like suffering together is, is something that you hear kind of a lot of about in, in the swimming community, but <laughs> I like that you yeah. call it a little dramatic, but you know, it, it makes sense that that sounds like hard work, which is not always easy. Um, mm-hmm. for those, for those sets, I, I, for a Saturday set, the rainbow sets, are you doing freestyle backstroke butterfly, a mix of that up through, so up through the, the blue portion, we're doing mostly freestyle and then we'll get to the purple and then sometimes we'll do blue IM, but the purple, we, we can mix in some strokes. So 
is mostly freestyle work in the beginning of the year, just so we don't, um, we can set some good foundations for all of our strokes. We do a lot of technique work. We've also been doing a lot of kicking on a board, which I think is great. Um, just kind of building our legs and making sure that we're, you know, the, the engines in the back of the boat, as they say. So looking to improve the leg strength always. So you're someone who is, is known for his underwaters, uh, we certainly saw that in, in your 200 fly last year at NCAAs, we've seen it in a lot of your races before, um, you have, you have that really strong underwater kick for you. What's, what is one thing you love doing in practice? I feel like there are at certain athletes who can do things really well in practice. What do you feel like, you, you know, one thing is for you that, that you can go above and beyond at in practice. For me, it's making sure that like, even if we're doing a lot of people think that underwater kicking is kind of like an anaerobic, like sprint based kind of thing. But for me, I really try and incorporate it if we're doing an aerobic set. So like in the red sets that I was talking about, that's basically true aerobic um, capacity testing. But like, I'm making sure that I'm really trying to hit those underwaters. I'm hitting like four or five kicks, whereas like most of my teammates like struggle sometimes to get to the flags. But I know that if I can hit those underwater kicks during aerobic sets, or if I'm just really feeling not at my best, if I'm really being challenged and I know that I can hit them during a race. Hmm. And then you said, uh, you know, you, you've got a good schedule coming up at Indiana. Um, are you excited for a particular dual meet or meet this season? I know, I think I'm going to see you guys in a few weeks. I know you're coming to Texas with Texas A&M and that's going to be a fun try meet. Uh, but any meet you're looking forward to in particular? That one's definitely a highlight. I think that'll be a really good early on kind of like measuring stick of how good we really are. I mean, Texas really is the gold standard. So, but I, I'm confident in our ability. I think we have a really balanced, really good team. And um, that one's going to be really exciting. Then we always have really exciting January dual meets with Michigan, with Louisville uh, specifically. I mean, those two teams have given us a real run for our money over the past couple of years. And they always know how to get up and go fast for dual meets. I remember the Louisville meet last year in particular, we suited up for that one. It was a really, really exciting meet. So I know um, Louisville, they'll always, they're, they're a really good dual meet team. They're a really good championship team, but Arthur really knows what he's doing down there. This is an interesting topic. Uh, you, you mentioned that you guys suited up for that dual meet. How do you, as an athlete, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of opinions about suiting up for college dual meets as an athlete. How do you feel about suiting up for a college dual meet? For me, um, I'd say overall, I'm not the biggest fan of suiting up for dual meets just because I do really appreciate something that I appreciate about my club swimming career was that my coaches really didn't, didn't let me suit up unless it was championship season. Um, like I didn't even, and I didn't even wear like a, whatever the, you know, the age group restrictions where they can only have the bonded suits past the age of 14. Like I, I was pretty much on that prescription as well. My club team. And I definitely really appreciate that because it taught me to just how to get up and race. Even if you don't have that, that subconscious feeling of a tech suit on. So I'd say overall, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think sometimes it is beneficial, especially if we're trying to, get an NCAA B cut or something, just something, something very specific. Um, I think it's, it's definitely useful and helpful, but overall, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of it. Interesting that I, I did not expect that answer, but I guess that's why you ask, right? I, I, I appreciate getting that perspective because that's something I've never heard from someone before. 
Um, talking about your your club swimming career, I I would love to dive into that a little bit. Um, I mean, what else do you feel like you gained from your upbringing in the swimming community um, and from your club specifically that you still carry with you at Indiana today? I think the biggest thing that I take from my, my club swimming career at Upper Main Line, YMCA, outside of Philadelphia, um, I think it's it's more representative of YMCA swimming in general. It's just, it's really swimming, there's swimming, but there's also our club motto was like, we're building good swimmers and better people. So it was a lot of like community-based stuff. It was a lot of like making sure that you're taking care of the little kids on the team and like kind of teaching them the ropes and everything. So for me, it's just like kind of always this feeling of, of camaraderie and like giving back to the, um, the swimming community, which I really kind of try and keep with me today. I mean, I think gro- growing up on a YMCA team, I think anyone would tell you is very different than growing up on a normal USA club team. Um, which I, I mean, I really appreciated growing up on a YMCA team. I wouldn't really trade it for the world. I really love the experiences that I had because of YMCA swimming. It's very different than being on a club team. Just kind of, I mean, listen, like I love NCAA's, Big Ten's, um, Olympic trials, everything like that. But YMCA nationals is still like my favorite swim meet ever. Just have so many great memories there. I think if I had never gone to that meet and learned the things that I learned there, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today. So I think there's a, a great correlation between success at YMCA Nationals and it's it's a grind of a meet. It really is. It's four and a half days. I think there's a real correlation between success there and then the success I've been able to have in college swimming because it is a lot of meets that are really long and you have to get up and perform for your team even when you feel really tired. Um, I'm just, I'm just really appreciative for the, the upbringing that I had. Tell us a little more about that YNAT meet, because I think you hear that a lot from YMCA swimmers, uh, that, that YNATs is a meet, unlike anything else. A lot of times it is their favorite meet for you. You know, you've, you've been to it all and you mm-hmm. still say, you know, you still have YNATs ranked as number one. Um, so it's four and a half days. Like you said, what makes it such a grind? I mean, were you swimming multiple events every day, plus relays with, you know, prelims finals, I'm assuming, but what makes it such a long and gruesome meet? Yeah. Like you said, I mean, I was swimming like multiple events each day. Like I remember specifically my junior year of high school, um, on the first day of the meet, I swam four races at finals. I swam in the two medley relay, two back hundred fly and four free relay all in one session twice which was brutal. I don't, I think that would kill me if I tried to do it now. (laughs) Um, I think that would literally take me out, but, um, and it's also, I think it's interesting because, um, at YNATS, unlike other most, unlike other age group championship meets, there's prelims and finals for relays, which adds an additional four to five. Well, there's no prelims day free relay, but adds an additional four swims for, for your schedule. And for us, we were a really competitive YMCA team. We were really trying to be the, one of the best YMCA teams in the country. And for me, I just had to learn how to manage. I think I, w- I would average like 17 swims in four and a half days. So with, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. It was, it was really tough, but from a young age, it just really taught me to like sacrifice myself for the team and like just kind of put up for the greater good, which I'm really, I'm really glad that I was able to learn that at such a young age. And I think um, a lot of people come from club teams where they didn't really go to such a like team centric 
um, championship meet and they have to like kind of figure it out their freshman year. And there's, I definitely had an adjustment period my freshman year to college swimming because it was swimming fast all the time. But um, I was like mentally kind of prepared for, for that adjustment. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you thrived in the YMCA system. You were one of swim swims top recruits coming out of college. I think you were our number one recruit uh, or sorry, coming out of high school, not college. Um, but tell me a little bit more about that adjustment period. What do you feel like you had to adjust to and what do you feel like you improved upon your first year of college, just being in that different environment away from the Y system? Yeah. I mean, kind of like I already said, it was just an adjustment to something fast all the time with the YMCA system. Like I could, I could cut back a little bit sometimes in prelims, but during in college, it's, you really got to be on your game all the time. And also it's, it's also kind of a, a mental adjustment to the point where like in, in the YMCA system, I could swim kind of whatever off events I wanted. And I think that's really valuable that I was able to do that. And I wasn't able, or I wasn't really allowed to put myself in any boxes on my club team. I was really brought up in a system where I was encouraged to swim everything, which I'm really appreciative for. I think it made me a much well-rounded swimmer. And I think it honestly benefited me with some injury prevention as well. But in college, like obviously with anything, you you come here for a specific reason, you got to specialize a little bit. So that was definitely an adjustment for me, just realizing that I'll probably be swimming. Not, you know, I'm so, somewhat of a versatile swimmer. I wouldn't say I'm a, I, I think IMers are the most versatile swimmers and I'm not an IMer, but I'm able to do two strokes at a very high level. And it was just an adjustment knowing that like, I'll be really relying on those two strokes for basically every meet that I'm swimming at. Is even though your racing isn't as versatile or wide, a wide of array as it was in high school, do you feel, still feel like your training is still pretty unspecialized or do you, is your training fairly backstroke and butterfly heavy on a day-to-day basis? Um, I mean, I definitely do get a lot of freestyle in, like I'm in our 500 group here at Indiana. I do get a lot of aerobic work in. Um, to kind of help my 200s of stroke, which I think is really beneficial. That's something that I, I didn't get my club team. I had the the variety and the like non-specialization on my club team, but here I'm getting the the volume that I need in order to really be competitive in these 200 uh, distance races. So I think, I think it's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of those 200s of strokes, I remember <laughs> you swam two fly, two back big tens last year, right? You won yes, both of yeah. them. Am I remembering yeah. this correctly? Yeah, the big times. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, what what inspired this decision? Obviously, you felt like you could succeed in both of those events. I mean, you, everyone pretty much knew that those were two of your best events. Um, but what was the ultimate like? All right, we're gonna go for it. And and how did that double play out for you? Obviously, aside from just touching first in both events. You know, I really got a credit. Ray, he was the one that really pushed me to do that. I did not want to do that initially um, because <laughs> it, it was, it was, <laughs> I'm really, sometimes Ray is like on my, on my case about some things and it, it bothers me. But in, in this case, I'm really glad that obviously it worked out. Um, I, I'm glad that I have coaches that push me to do things that I don't even believe that I can do. Um, giving me self-confidence, but it was, it was like a couple weeks before big tens and you know we had swam ohio state twice that year we had the dual meet and we had the mid-season meet and they had it last year they had this year as well but mainly last year with hunter and with 
um, Sam Andres and all those guys, they really had a, a stacked roster and it was looking like it was going to be super duper close. Their diving group is super good as well. And Ray was like, I, I really need you in that 200 backstroke. Look, we're looking like, you know, not, we weren't looking thin. We had Fantoni and we had Jacob Steele in there as well. But like, if I was going to be in that 200 backstroke, it would be a real one, two, three punch, um, similar to as it was in the 100 back. And I was like, well, I mean, that would, that would, I think that would kill me. But after some negotiating, it, it, you know, I just put it into place. And honestly, hot take, it, it was not as hard as people like were, were making it out to be, especially at finals. Like I, I will say that my, my 200 fly at Big Tens, which is my fourth 200 of the day, um, hurt less than my 200 flight NCAAs. My 200 flight NCAAs, I think, nearly killed me. <laughs> you saw, I don't know, if, I mean, in the video, you can see my reaction after the race. I'm just like wide eyed going over to Luca, um, congratulating him. But that's because that race really took everything out of me. But the the, the four 200s at, at Big Tens, um, I think it just goes back to the, the underwater training. Like all those underwater, all those races, I was just underwater for a majority of the race. And I'm just glad that I'm in a program that puts a special emphasis on that. Yeah. So swimming that 200 back and 200 fly, what is the strategy for underwaters? Do you have a certain kick count for each race or each wall? Yeah. I'm trying to hit like eight kicks basically off of every wall. I've had, I've had some instances where I go past 15. Um, even at, even at the end of a race, I've had some instances where I go past 15. So I really have to watch it. Um, yeah, a lot of it's funny. I have like the opposite issue of most like other summers where I need to kind of reel in my underwaters, which I don't know. I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'll take it. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, what? <laughs> how? How? How have you gone past fifteen or or towed that line at the end of a race? I mean, I think it's just I tell like I tell people that are like, Oh, like how are you underwater is so good. I kind of tell them like, it's literally willpower. Like I, I don't think of myself as a very like specialized kind of, I don't have this like crazy, like I, I think breaststrokers are some of the most insane, insanely technical swimmers. Like they have all these crazy catches and crazy kicks and stuff, but for underwaters, I'm like, there is some technique involved, but like, it's literally just like, okay, I need to turn my brain off and get to 15 meters. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, the biggest hurdle for a lot of people. When, when I was swimming and granted, I was a exceedingly mediocre swimmer, but, uh, <laughs> when, it, when I was swimming, I felt the same way about breath control, which underwaters are exceedingly breath control, right? Like if you're doing a yes. hundred freestyle and you're going four, three, two, one breaths or something like that, it's like, it's willpower. You know, you just say, I'm going to do it. And then you do it. And it, and it makes sense to me that underwaters would be the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. We do a lot of breath work here. I mean, I've, I have a whole practice dedicated to underwater kicking. It's Thursday afternoons. We call it kick out. Um, Luke Ryan is the one that runs it. And we just, I kind of, I kind of think of it as my playground. I kind of think of it as just the practice where I can just kind of be myself, let go. And it's, it's a really good time. What do you, what are some of the things you do at this kick out practice or what does that look like? Depending on what part of the season we're in, it kind of changes like early on in the season, we're doing kind of the, the loading phase. We'll do a lot of like as much aerobic kind of underwater work as we can, where we'll do these 300s that we call under over where they're with fins and a snorkel. 
and you're literally just 25 kicking under kind of getting a good distance per kick. Then on the way back, you're on the surface and you're um, kicking with your arms at your side. And then um, if, if we're in like a, the taper phase, we're really focusing on speed. We'll just do a lot of pace fifties where um, pace 75. So we're focusing on really just getting to 15, which like for a lot of people, it's, it's really to work on underwaters. But for me, I just look at it as like another 200 pace practice. Cause that's what I do for my 200 pace. Most of the time anyway, all the time anyway, but um, I really do enjoy that practice. And when I was being recruited here at Indiana, I watched that practice and that was kind of the moment that I knew that like, I was like, Oh yeah, like this is, this is a program that like, I really see myself being in. We're going back to your Y days where we're underwater is a big emphasis uh, in in uh in high school for you yeah they were and that was that was also something that like i was really appreciative for on my club team um underwaters have been drilled into me since i was like 10 years old like literally they started i was really looking back i I, i'm just so grateful because i think that's really rare where you have a program that under that understands the the value of good technical swimming and also just like good underwater kicking um and literally I can remember since I was 10 years old being like instructed, like, Oh, like you're going to be an underwater kicker. And like, you're going to, you're going to be a toner flyer. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be a toner flyer. I want to be a sprinter, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have the same perspective as every other 200 butterflyer, which is, <laughs> I want to be a sprinter, but this is, it, it chose me. Yeah. It chose <laughs> right. me, but I'm, I'm glad it worked out. So yeah. So let, let's get to that 200 fly um, <clears throat> at NCAAs into the last year. You know, like you said, that was one of the most painful races that that you've ever swum. Uh, heading into that, heading into that meet, really was winning an NCAA title something that was on your radar. That was that a specific goal that you had set, or you know, obviously everyone wants to win, but was that something you were more intentional about heading into that meet? Going to the meet, it was definitely something that was on my mind. Um, especially, I was I was seated first in the hundred back, and then our four hundred medley relay was seated first as well. Um, and then, kind of going into the meet, um, we we were swimming pretty well through two days. I think we ended the meet on a better note than we started. Um, but after the the third day, the second full day, where I lost the hundred back to to Casper in a really great race, like it was not much more I could do. I dropped two tenths of finals and he just happened to get the better of me. Um, he, he's a beast. I'm really looking forward to racing him again this year. Um, then also losing the the format, the relay where we w- ultimately won the final heat, but Cal had some clean water in the heat before us. And Bjorn had that. Cra- I remember watching the, his 40.6. That was a crazy um, anchor leg. So like another situation where we lost, but there was like really nothing we could do about it. Like we swam as well as we could. We dropped our, from our seed time and, um, it was really disappointing to lose both those races, but it, I think it was even more just kind of frustrating, just knowing that we couldn't really do anything about it. Um, we did, we did as well as we could. So heading into the last day, it was just kind of a leave it all on the table and, and see what I have left. Um, going into the meet, I was like, yeah, I really think I can win the two fly, but like, I didn't think that it would kind of happen the way that it did. Um, just the way that Luca was swimming and all those other guys were swimming super duper well um, as well. I was, I remember being in the ready room and I was like, man, like it would just be 
just be really cool to win. Not even, not even like a, like, Oh yeah. Like I need to get after it. Just, it was literally just that, like, it would just be really, just really awesome if I could somehow pull this out. And I, I remember walking out and I'm just a little, you know, obviously nervous. It's, you know, fine. The last day of NCAAs, it's a, it's a huge final and it was going to be an absolute dog fight. Um, and then it didn't really hit me. I don't remember a lot of the race very well. Cause I, I black out before like all my races, um, either from nerves or from just being in the zone, whatever it may be. But I don't remember it super well, but I do remember hitting the 150 and seeing that I was like, from my perspective, it looked like I was right with them, but I think I had a, a slight lead over the rest of the guys. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like that close. It's just like dangling the carrot in front of me. And I remember just using those underwaters to try and get as far as I could off that, um, off that last wall. And it was really, really hard. I almost, I've, I feel like I almost threw up afterwards. It was kind of a blur, but I remember just touching the wall being super duper relieved. I think that was the biggest emotion that I felt was being relieved that um, I'd put in all this hard work and I was able to, to cash in on it and just have it looking back on the, on the race. It was really funny. I think I'm in a, a rare group of people who have been publicly crapped on by Rowdy Gaines because Rowdy Gaines in the broadcast was like, oh, he was ninth in the 100 fly. He was seventh last year. No way he should have won. So you know, I was able to I was able to talk to Rowdy afterwards. And he's, he's awesome. Obviously, a, a super duper legend, someone that I look up to a lot. But it was just in, in the moment. It was really funny. Um, or not not in the moment because I didn't hear the broadcast. But at, at watching the video afterwards, it was really funny. Just like, oh, OK, they didn't they didn't think I was going to win. But um, I'm glad that I did, obviously. So. I do feel like for for everything he does so well, I do feel like Rowdy plays favorites sometimes. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> I you know. were the, <laughs> well, like I mean, the victim you had of all that. Those, I mean, Luca obviously has been a stud for a while. And then you had the two fifth years. Like, I, I think it's understandable. I definitely like, I'm not holding any any grudges or anything. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a great mindset to have. Um, so, so uh, yeah, you win that event. Uh, I, I do want to take a slight pause to talk about Luca just because, um, you obviously swim similar events. You you've raced him a lot. What I remember my reaction, what was your reaction to him setting the American and NCAA record in the hundred back of all events, uh, an event that you swim, but I doubt you've ever raced him in cause he rarely swims it. Right. Um, well I didn't, I actually didn't see that leg so cal was in that heat and i was able to see bjorn's anchor leg but i wasn't able to see the lead off just because of how we're being um processed through the ready room and stuff like that so i I just heard this like thundering roar on the pool deck and i'm like what just happened (laughs) like i am like they don't you know obviously it's a really loud environment but it was like extra loud um and i i was like oh my god what just happened I, i forget who told me what had happened, but it was definitely, I mean, it was shocking. I think it shocked all of us, but honestly, knowing him, I'm pretty good friends with him. I'm, I'm not very shocked at all. I mean, he's someone like, don't be surprised if he goes like 137 in the two I am this year, like just, just knowing him, like he's such a beast. And like, I'm really happy that he was able to, to make the big team this year and go to worlds. Um, I've, I've first met him at national select camp in like 2017. And I never really heard of him before that. And I remember seeing this guy just, rip these crazy pace fifties at, at altitude at Colorado Springs. And I just knew that he was something special and I'm just glad that we've been able to um, be good friends and also fierce competitors. Have you guys ever talked about underwaters before? Obviously that's something that you both are 
quite good at? I, uh, no, I don't really. There, there are a couple people I talk about that with. Um, I think I had, a, I had a conversation with with Casper last year, Stakowski, about that, but um, I, I haven't talked about it with Luca yet. <laughs> when you were talking about the hunter back earlier, and you were like, "I lost." To you know, you know, Casper touched me out. At first, I thought you meant Casper Corbo, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I remembered that Casper Stokowski yeah. is the guy who's on the back trip. I think you're the the second person I've had make that mistake. That's pretty funny. Yeah, everyone was always like Corbo, Texas. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, that'd be really funny to see him swim the hundred back at, at Instant Blaze. I bet he he's so, he's so big. I bet he'd be pretty good. I agree. I mean, his, you know, he goes like 141 in the 200 IM, 140. Yeah. You know, you can't like, be, he, he could rip a 45, I think. Despite what he thinks, breaststrokers always think they're terrible at backstroke, but I think, I think he could rip like a 45 high or something. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it, it'd be, it'd be pretty solid. <laughs> um, he, he's a good freestyler. He's a good freestyler too. He doesn't really have an excuse not to be a good backstroker. So. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, if anything, you just do underwaters a lot and I'm sure it'd probably be good. Um, (laughs) all right. Getting back on track. So heading into, heading into this season, um, as the defending NCAA champion, does, what has that brought for you so far? Is that invigorating, motivating, you know, has it brought some nerves or some stress, like knowing that you will defend that title or, or go to defend that title at NCAAs this year? Kind of all the above, um, you know, it's definitely, it, it is a little n- nervous now that I have like the target on my back, but it's also a motivating factor as well. And I know that it's going to be another great race this year. Um, I remember just like after the meet, um, just realiz- realizing, just like looking at the results and everything. I'm like, wow, like there are a lot of guys next year that are going to be right up there in the A final and I definitely have to fend them off. And it's going to be another great race this year. Um, if Carson decides to throw his name in there, if Leon decides to summit, that could be, <laughs> that'd be pretty nuts. That would definitely be a crazy race. Um, but I look forward to any and all people who decide to take, take a, take a swing at the 200 fly the last event on the last day. It's always, always interesting. Um, and yeah, so it's definitely motivating though. I'm really excited to just now that I have that kind of out of the way, like now that it's, now that it's, it won't be like new, but it's definitely uh, a relief. We've talked about your training, you know, the aerobic, the underwaters, just mentally, like you said, tuner fly at NCAA's last event of the last day. Is there anything you do personally mentally to prep yourself for that? Again, knowing that, you will be tired. The last 50 will hurt you. It might be the most <laughs> painful race <laughs> that you've ever swum. Um, nothing. There's nothing I really do beforehand other than just rely on the fact that I've like done this all the time. Like even in YMCA swimming, it was the last event of the last day of a four and a half day meet. So it was, it was something that I'm like used to. And, um, I just rely on the experiences that I've had. Yeah. So you, you mentioned this earlier, but you know, you had a, you said you had a good summer of work. Um, I'm kind of curious. I know Indiana does long course practices pretty regularly. You said Saturday mornings right now are long course, um, for, for someone who puts such a big emphasis on those underwaters, what is your approach to long course versus short course and the emphasis you put on the NCAA season versus the summer season? My approach to long course um, has always been like kind of my weaker of the two racing formats, but it's something that I like 
kind of, I want to work to get better at Um, definitely. I mean, obviously I want to work to get better in all aspects of something, but long course is definitely something that I like, I feel that I have to like wrestle with. So for me, like long course, I just really try and work on aerobic kind of stuff because it is more of an aerobic arena as compared to uh, yards where it's more kind of anaerobic and explosive. Um, So I just work on just keeping that technique strong and keeping it efficient through the end of a race. And if I'm able to do that, then I think that I'll be able to have long course success in the future. Hmm. How did you feel about your long course season this past summer? You were at nationals, right? Yeah, I was in nationals. It was, I was right off my best times. So it was a little, it was a little disappointing not being able to go some best times, but I had moved out (laughs) during I'd moved out of my apartment into my new house um, during taper for that meet. So that, that may have had something to do with it as well. And we were supposed to, I was a part of the um, big 10 delegation for the world university games meet that was supposed to happen this summer that ultimately got canceled. So that it was, it was, it was a summer of like plans that were being made, but then being scrapped and thrown out the window. And it, it was a lot to deal with. So hopefully next summer, just head to world trials do as best as I can a lot more concrete um, than this past summer, but I'm, I'm happy with the work that I put in the summer. I think just cause it didn't pay off immediately. doesn't mean it won't pay off in the future. So just keep my head up and focusing on the college season right now. Yeah. Does, is, is swimming past college something that's on the radar for you? You know, is, is going pro something that you've thought about or something that you intend on doing, or at least staying, staying in the sport for another year for trials, which is going to be in Indianapolis in 2024. Yeah, I definitely plan to summit trials in 24. And then, you know, the creation of the ISL really excited me and kind of like motivated me to try and stay in this sport as long as I can. And I, I really hope that it comes back. I think it was really, really great for the sport, but obviously that's out of my control. So if that is an opportunity for me post-college and that's something that I would absolutely love to do, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Maybe you, you probably know more than me on, on, on that subject, but um, yeah, I just, I, I can only hope that it comes back. Brendan, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did know more than you. Um, I, I'm in your boat. I hope it comes back too. You know, I, I was a huge fan. Obviously it was great for our sport. It kept, a lot of athletes in swimming that might've otherwise not stayed or not stayed as long at least. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely in the dark on that one too. We haven't heard anything from them for a while. Um, so what, yeah, we will see, but finger, my fingers are crossed too. Maybe if the ISL doesn't come back or, or maybe if you just decide, you know, swimming, you're good on swimming after, after Olympic trials or after whatever happens there. Um, what, what, do you have anything outside of the pool that you're looking forward to uh, chasing or going after or just getting more into after, after you're done with swimming? Um, professionally, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do yet. Um, I would like to, I think staying in the sport of swimming in, in some way, shape or form um, kind of on the, on the business side of things really entices me. Um, I feel like I just have too much knowledge about the sport and too many connections in the sport to, to kind of kind of leave it permanently. And I I wouldn't really want to, I mean, it does, it is something that really makes me happy, but um, not unprofessionally. um, I'm looking forward to golfing a lot more. Um, I I really enjoy, enjoy golfing and just being outside in general um, during the summer, things like that, uh, going to the lake, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, my golf game, I think that would, I think that's something that, 
will get a lot better once I'm not devoting a lot of time to swimming. So, yeah, that's something that is something to, to look forward to. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, and so then just finally, uh, Bloomington is one of, I've been to a lot of college towns, mostly with this job and Bloomington is one of my favorites. Uh, they just, it has, a, it has a good vibe. It, uh, it has a lot of neat shops. I'm just curious, what are your favorite spots in Bloomington, either to get breakfast, dinner, coffee, whatever else you like getting, uh, what are your favorite spots? That is, yeah, that is something that I was a huge pull for me coming here was the town of Bloomington. I absolutely love living more, more importantly than swimming here, going to school here. I just love living here. And my favorite places, I love Uptown Cafe, their breakfast, their dinner, their, really their everything there is incredible. Um, the farm is one of my favorite restaurants. Um, Janko's Little Zagreb is a steakhouse that I really love here. Malibu Grill is really good also similar seafood steakhouse. Um, and let's see, uh, what's another really local place I really like? Um, baked cookies are really good for some, for some sweet treats. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's just, I, I've never, I've never been bored here. When I, when I go downtown or I'm looking for something to eat, there's always just a lot of really great options. Agreed. Yeah. I was, I was, I, I was impressed and continue to be impressed every time I come there, just at, at how many, little fun places you can go to to eat or, or grab a drink or a coffee or whatever it may be so mm-hmm. uh just wanted your insight on that one um brendan i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us today any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off um just thank you so much for having me on had a really great time and i'm um, just looking forward to seeing what we can do this year You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.